0: We've been talking a lot about having a relationship with God, how to have a relationship with God, destroying lies of the enemy, lies of religion, and helping you to be set free and to see Jesus accurately, see his love for you accurately, and really be in a true relationship with him, which is what he wants more than anything. So we are going to go deeper in that today. So... I've been getting a lot of of comments asking, "How do I have a relationship with God? How do I talk to God?" Today, I'm going to go deeper and talk specifically about how to talk to God, uh, and also expose lies of the enemy that are keeping you from talking to God and having a good relationship with Him. I've been getting so many of these of these of these comments. And I can see your hunger to have a relationship with him, to have a good relationship with him. And so God is going to free you today from everything that was keeping you from having a relationship with him and talking to him today. Hallelujah. So myself, I grew up a Christian my whole life. Ever since I was four, I I gave my, my life to Jesus when I was four. So there was never a day I didn't believe in God. But... You know, I actually had a hard time knowing how to have a relationship with God. I really like hungered and needed someone to tell me break it down how you have a relationship with God. Which is understandable because he's a spirit and we only know how to have relationships with people. So first of all, don't feel down if you feel like lost. And and I did feel down and that was wrong. I felt I felt alone growing up in, um, as a teenager, early co- my college years when I didn't, didn't quite know yet because it was never really broken down simple for me before. And, um, you know, in my Christian groups, it looked, it looked like everybody else knew how to have a relationship with God. It looked like everyone else knew it well and looked like everyone else knew how to hear from God, how to, talk to him. And so it made me feel alone. It made me feel like um, there's something wrong with me. I wasn't doing something right. And all of that feeling that I was feeling were all just lies from the enemy that were coming at me. And to be truthful, I think that probably most people around me felt the same way. Maybe some people projected that they really knew it all, or I, I think it's this insecurity that the enemy plants in people about having a relationship with God. So when you're insecure, sometimes you want to try to hide that and try to show, you know, I I know I know good well how to have a relationship with God. It's good, you know, to make yourself feel better and hide. So I want to share with you that. You're not alone if you felt this way, and it's natural to not know. It, I, I believe that it should be broken down. I feel like it should be broken down simple. This is how it works. This is how to have a relationship with God. Hallelujah. So I declare all shame that you that you felt in the past, insecurity you felt from the past, I declare that to go, and I, I, de- I expose every lie of the enemy, making you feel shame. This not knowing how to have a relationship with God in my life, this brought insecurity, fear, and shame. So when you have those things, insecurity, fear, and shame, it makes you want to like run away from that thing that you have fear or shame of naturally. It doesn't make you want to run to it. You feel inadequate, insecure, shameful, so you're not running to it, you're running away from it. So I can see looking back in my life that for so many years, I wasn't pursuing a relationship with God because I had fear, shame, and insecurity. The not knowing, the feeling lost about it just made me keep on putting it off. So I wanna share with you today break it down. How to talk to God. I used to see the spirit of religion is really real. And I've shared that as well. It just came up on our YouTube page today. It's called free of religion. You need to see that. But the whole reason that many people feel insecure about their relationship with God, um, and shame, the whole reason that, that you feel that is because the spirit of religion is still alive today. The enemy comes through spirit of religion and speaks to you lies. And it's the same lies that were spoken to, uh, the, the same, the same voice that was spoken to people in the old covenant, like you should do this, you should do this and this and this. You should do this, and you should do this rule, you should follow this rule, you should do this tradition, you should do things exactly this way, because otherwise you're gonna have shame brought upon upon you and judgment, and God will be mad. You'll bring the wrath of God. So you should do these things so this doesn't happen. You should, you should, you should. It wasn't about I'm doing this to please God because I love Him, but it was more. I want to stay away from, from as much judgment as possible in my life, so I'm going to do these things. And the veil was not torn yet. Holy Spirit was not inside you as in the old covenant. So you weren't seeing the love of God accurately. He was far distant. and it is the revelation of God's love. That makes you have that heart to, to, to follow him, to desire, to please him, to desire, to obey him. It's the revelation of God's love that makes you to accurately see him for who he really is void of shame and condemnation. So in the old covenant, that's how they were living religion, religion. You should, you should not seeing God's amazing love, but I'm doing this because I should. And that's not going to be very motivating. And because there's no motivation of love there, you are always going to come up short and you're not going to really want to do it. You're, you're, you're feeling grud, you're grudgingly doing it. I'm doing this cause I have to not, I want to do this. Okay. So we have to be aware that the spirit of religion is working today. Uh, so, we are in a new covenant now where jesus tore the veil there's no longer religion we're no longer slaves to sin slaves to religion but now we can see jesus rightly we can see his love accurately now we follow him because we love him we want to please him we want to obey him because we've seen how amazing his love is it's no longer i should do this but it's I desire to do this because I love him so much and I want to please him. That fills me with the most joy. Hallelujah. So what I experienced before growing up was the voice of religion speaking, you should be praying. You should be reading your Bible. And hearing that voice and understanding that wasn't God. God's voice was, I love you. I want you to know me. I want you to bring me into your life all the time. I see the best in you. I know you're not perfect and that's okay. I choose to focus on your beauty. This is God's voice. And wow, that voice definitely allures you. It attracts you, right? You want to spend time with that person who loves you so much. The other voice, you should, you should, you should. (laughs) That doesn't make you want to spend time. And many people have, many of you have been condemning yourself because you're hearing you should, you should, and you're not. But you should not feel condemnation because that's not how God wants it to work. He wants you to meet him, to receive his love, to have an encounter with him. So you can really know how much he loves you. Um, 1 Corinthians 2, 4 is, this is Apostle Paul, my message and my preaching were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the spirit's power so that your faith would not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. Here's another way to put it. So that's an apostle. I'm an apostle today. And this is a role of an apostle to not just speak about God, not just speak about God's love for you, not just you taking my word for it, but my job, my role, my responsibility, the anointing and grace on my life is to facilitate and encounter with God for you, demonstrating his power, being a vessel. So the power can come through and touch you. So you don't just hear about Jesus, but you actually meet Jesus face to face without the power of God. The Bible says the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. There is a lot of churches, a lot of Christianity with no power of God. That means the kingdom of God is not there. People are speaking about Jesus, but there's no demonstration of the power of God. Apostle Paul, once again, my message and preaching were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the spirit's power so that your faith would not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. There's a lot of churches and a lot of Christianity that have been only message and preaching with persuasive words of wisdom, period. So people's faith are resting on men's wisdom. So people's faith are resting on, well, this guy or girl told me that God is good, told me that God loves me. So I believe in that. So I believe in that. And that's where I was for so many years. And men's wisdom isn't strong enough to hold our faith. You know, I was a Christian my whole life. I had seen the faithfulness of God in my life. Um, and, and, and I came out to L.A. and I got I, I got to be age 20, 22, 22, 23, 24. In, in these years, my hunger for God was arising. I I was going to a church void of the power of God. Several different churches in the city, void of the power of God. And every message, it was a similar message of God loves you, but there's no demonstration of power. And I found myself not progressing. I found myself, I found the words not sticking in me. I would hear them say, God loves you. And I'd be like, yes, that's right. Okay. Yes, that's right. And then that week I would forget it. I would doubt. And I still wouldn't be surrendered to God. And it would come back the next Sunday and the message would be centered around God loves you. It would be a milky message, not with like meat of like how to progress. But there was no demonstration of power, just persuasive words of wisdom. And I was like, okay, yes, yes, he loves me. Yes, he loves me. Our faith can't rest on man's wisdom, on man's word for it. But it. Our faith only can rest on the power of God. This is how it's supposed to be, how God wants it to be. It's the only way it can be. It's the difference of, of you, um, someone telling you this person loves you. This person's amazing. You have to meet this person. This person is so incredible. I know this person. They are amazing. Oh my gosh. Take my word for it; they are amazing. Why don't you trust them with um, th- things in your life, like your finances and these things? Trust them with this because I know they're an amazing person, and you can be like, "Okay, well, I trust you, friend." So okay, but there's a difference when you actually meet the person yourself, when you sit down with them, and if and imagine, imagine it's this like incredible, loving, pure-hearted. God loving person full of the love of God and you and they look at you face to face and they're looking at you with like these eyes of love piercing and the way they speak is just filled with goodness and purity and kindness and grace and passion and it's like when you spend that one hour with them you feel like transformed and you feel like on fire and you just all you want to do is like now you're like I want to hang out with this person. I want this person as a friend in my life. This person is going to help my my faith. You know, that is a big difference from just hearing about how amazing this person is and then meeting the person face to face. That is a big difference. And you might have encountered this. Maybe you've met somebody. Maybe it was a love at first sight thing. Maybe you met somebody. And just with one hour, you know, oh my gosh, I trust this person with my life. Like, you, maybe you've met people in your life where it's just like you have this knowing. You just can see who they are. So that's the difference between you encou- you being a Christian never encountering the power of God. And you then encountering the power of God. And that's how it was for me. I shared with you that I loved God so much, but I really wasn't engaging in relationship with him in terms of talking to him, reading the Bible, um, most of my Christian life. Um, I would go to church, I love going to church, I would go to church, I love to talk about God, but my lack of encountering the power of God and knowing how to have a relationship with him and knowing his love is what kept me not engaging personally, not talking to him, not opening up my Bible. So when one day, age 24, I encountered the power of God for the first time. I went to this tiny little house church, just 40 people, and I witnessed miracles happening all around me. I saw people crying as God touched them. I received a prophetic word. And through that one simple encounter of the power of God, of a prophetic word, it was literally like sitting down with a person for an hour and you know you know, you can trust them, You know, you know them really well. Like it was like that for me when I encountered the power of God. This demonstration of the power of God through the man of God is what opened up my eyes, this Jesus. His love is amazing. My whole life. It's like I had heard God's amazing. God loves you. And in that one moment, just a 32nd prophetic word, I now met him. I met him face to face. I knew him. I loved him so much. I fell in love with him. Hallelujah. So when we're talking about having a relationship with God, It's so important that you are in a place where the power of God is moving virtually, physically, where the power of God is moving, where you're listening to who someone, not just words, not just human words, but the demonstration of the power of God as apostle Paul says, so that your faith would not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. It's this demonstration of the power of God that lights your spirit up, opens up your eyes to how amazing God's love is. And now brings you to want to spend time with him. It brings you to want to please him. So when I had that encounter with God's power, it's like, all of the lies that came to me before of shame and condemnation of you're not reading your bible enough you're not praying enough they went out the window because i actually met jesus and that was not his character of judging you need to know that god is not judging your relationship with him. He's not judging how you read the Bible, how many pages you read. He's not judging your prayer life, how you speak, how you pray. He's not judging. Your best friend does not judge your relationship. Your best friend loves you, period. Your best friend loves to spend time with you, period. This is how Jesus is. Your best friend sees the best in you. This is how Jesus is. Your best friend doesn't even see your faults because they love you so much. They see the beauty in you millions times more. So, so, before when I was stuck in religion, hearing those voices, I felt like God was judging me when I prayed. I felt like it was being judged. That's what made me not want to do it. God is not a judge judging you. God is rather your cheerleader, your, uh, uh, your personal trainer. God is on your side. He's your best friend. He's on your side. He's cheering you on. He wants you to win. He wants you to have victory. So judge versus your best friend, biggest cheerleader, personal trainer, that wants to see you have victory more than anything, and will be the one to get you to victory. Those are two different things, judge versus that. Those are way different. I used to, well, I I play flute. And growing up, I I would, there was these, what are they called? Oh, solo competitions, I think they were called. So it was a solo festival, where I would play my flute before a judge. That was a high-pressure situation like like nothing else in my life besides preaching because <laughs> public speaking was my biggest fear for those of you who haven't heard my testimony. So when God first called me to preach, that was the scariest, most uncomfortable thing in my life. But prior to that, it was playing my flute in front of the judge. It was really awkward. It was in this little classroom. And it was super quiet and it's just the judge sitting there. And I come in and I play my, and I'm shaking. I'm so nervous and I'm playing and, and that's it. And he judges you and his, the judgment determines whether you get to play in this all-star, all-star band, you know, it's, so. Think about your attitude towards the judge. Imagine if you messed up really bad. Imagine if you messed up really bad in there you're not going to want to like go run to the judge and hug him and hang out with them. You're going to be like, oh gosh, I really messed up there. I don't want to see him again. Or, you know, like that's your feeling when you're being judged. It doesn't, it doesn't make you want to run to them. But now you're your cheerleader your best cheerleader, your personal trainer, your best friend who's on your side through thick and thin, who, who is cheering for your victory, who, who has the, the great skill and ability and coaching to gift to be able to get you to win that gold medal in the Olympics. Like that person you wanna run to, you wanna hug, you know, that's how Jesus is. You need to see him this way. You need to see him this way. You need to no longer stop judging yourself for how you're praying, how long you're praying, how you're reading the Bible. You need to stop that because that's just the enemy's voice trying to keep you from God and you need to start seeing Jesus as your personal coach, cheerleader, best friend, cheering you on for victory. This, you need, you need to see him rightly, train your mind to see him rightly so that you desire to run to him. Jesus wants you to desire to run to him, not be forced to run to him. Hallelujah, thank you Jesus. So when I encountered the power of God, that quick encounter opened my eyes to holy cow, I've heard God love me so much, but my goodness, what I've experienced of his love is nothing like what I've heard. Like this love is so big and unfathomable wow. Like this love is so intoxicating that you just want to run to it. And so when I encountered the power of God and had this revelation and also true anointed vessels of God, how they preached, like how I am today, how they preached, it opened up my eyes to God's love by how they preached. And I had this like, conviction that they were right that they knew what they were talking about and that they were really transformed by Jesus and so like the way they had so much love as they preached as they taught as they prophesied to other people that that made me see whoa Jesus's love is amazing like This, this, this is an example of the demonstration of God's power. When someone can see someone be transformed by Jesus and the love, they carry, um, the compassion and kindness, there's a real difference between listening to an anointed minister of God, truly anointed, carrying the power of God. There's a difference between that and someone who, who isn't full of the power of God. And their preaching comes off more judgmental or more just maybe dry or maybe less passionate. Maybe, you know, maybe less. You can just you can just tell like you you don't feel like the love of Jesus just like oozing out. And some people preach, unfortunately, out of spirit of religion, like with judgment, like you better don't sin, don't take don't take advantage of god's grace <laughs> and it's true you should okay so i i shared um i shared a little a tiktok video of um how god never condemns he never condemns even when you mess up even when you make mistakes and he never wants you to feel condemnation and he never wants you to feel guilt And this video went pretty viral on TikTok. And I was so overcome by the amount of people who commented, you have no clue how I needed this. I was feeling so much shame. I had just messed up. I felt so much shame. You don't know how much I needed to hear this. And I was so blessed to see this, but at the same time, um, my eyes were opened up even more And I was grieved to see how big the spirit of religion has tried to attack people, um, how big the spirit of condemnation and guilt, how big the spirit of religion has has blinded people, honestly, because let me, let me tell you what I mean by spirit of religion. Here's an example of spirit of religion. An example of religion is you see how the Pharisees wanted to stone the woman, the woman who committed adultery they really felt she deserved to feel shame, to feel guilt, and to actually be punished. They truly felt that so much. They're like, you disobeyed God, you need to pay for this, and you need to pay for this in your mind too. And then Jesus comes on the scene and he says, you you who have never sinned ever can cast the first stone. And of course, no one could because everyone has sinned. And Jesus just Now, if you can read this story with a proper revelation, you can see just the love and compassion of Jesus. You know, he was like, my daughter, go and sin no more. And it wasn't like judgment, like, you need to stop sinning now. But it was like, look, I never want you to feel shame and guilt. You just needed to meet me to really encounter my true love. And when you have I know that you won't even desire to sin anymore. So go and sin no more. You have the power and the ability to resist temptations now because you've seen how amazing my love is. And now because you've seen it, you have, you will have these desires of the spirit growing in you, desires to please me, to touch my heart. And that will be a great motivation and power to not sin. Those desires to please me will overtake the desires of the flesh, my daughter. So go sin no more. You are free. Do you see that like love and compassion coming from him? So the spirit that the Pharisees had back then, many people have today, still many Christians, And it grieved me because on this video that I shared, there were comments of people saying you should feel guilt when you've sinned, and that is wrong. Jesus never wants you to feel guilt or condemnation. He wants you to feel sorry, but not sorry with guilt. Does that make sense? Like, he, Someone you really love so much, let's say they make a mistake and maybe they knew better. Maybe it's a weakness they have. Maybe they knew better and they made a mistake and it affected you personally. When you love them more than anything, maybe it's your kid, maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's your best friend. When you love them more than anything, it will hurt you to see them sobbing with guilt. You want to see them sorry, and you want to see them progress so that they can grow and not have to make mistakes anymore that will hurt them and other people. You want to see them sorry but you, so that they have a heart to change, but you don't want to see them full of guilt. You don't want to see their day ruined. You don't want them to have low self-esteem that they're a horrible person because they made a mistake where they should have known better, but they made a mistake and it affected you. Amen. We've all been there where we've made a mistake and we should have known better, but we made a mistake. We're not perfect, but I'm telling you, I'm I'm speaking from my life experience. Like when you really encounter the love of God through his power, which in my experience always came through vessels of God who were anointed, carrying power of God. When you really encounter the power of God, my gosh, you have this heart of, I wanna please God, I wanna obey him. This is a natural heart that comes because you, the love is so big that you receive, that your eyes have seen now. Like, let's say that, that, that your, your spouse, Their love is so huge and it, and it makes your love for them grow because their love is so amazing for you. Or it can be a best friend if you're not married. Let's say, have you experienced that, that their love, the way they love you makes your heart grow and it genuinely makes you want to please It genuinely makes you want to see them happy and blessed and you never want to see them down. It's a natural thing right in your heart. That's how it is with God and that's how God wants it to be. That's the only way that you actually have power to repent, power to be transformed into his image. So Jesus never wants you to feel guilt when you've made a mistake. God wants you to genuinely recognize that it's a mistake, that it's a sin, that it doesn't please him. He wants you to recognize that, but not feel guilt and shame recognize it, feel sorry, apologize to God, and genuinely desire to change. That's what God wants, but he never wants you to feel guilt. And that that I described is like the, the spirit of the Pharisees that were going to stone the woman. They had this feeling of like, did wrong you should feel shame and guilt you should be punished and they felt that same way in theirs to themselves as well and so there's people out there and and I'm sharing this to be to protect protect yourself against wrong doctrine from other people too whether it's in real life whether it's on comments on videos and such protect the true gospel of Jesus doctrine Protect it, amen? You need to know it's out there. Um, So the Bible says that the sheep will know my voice. So when you've heard, you know that this is God's voice you're hearing right now. And I see many of you like crying right now. I see many of you crying now just receiving God's love, receiving this truth. And there's this conviction like you're coming alive inside. Like, oh my gosh, like this tastes so good. This is is what I've longed for. This makes sense now. I, I see many of you feeling this right now. Oh, that's God's voice. Hold on to that voice. Don't listen to other voices. Hallelujah. Um, there are people out there that, that still have that, fair, that wrong religion mindset and they genuinely themselves, they, they try to repent through guilt and they find themselves keeping on doing it and being stuck there because that doesn't give you the power to repent. And then they say that to other people. Um, they make other people feel judgment. Because they think that's where they are themselves. They're in that Pharisee mindset, ready to throw the stone. And I want to remove every single judgment that's come upon you from other people trying to cast stones. I declare that all to go in Jesus' name. And all of the the lies that came from people, um, all of the lies that you took as God's truth that you thought was God's truth that you thought. God was saying that you should feel shame and guilt and condemnation. I remove all of those lies now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. I wanted to share with you today how to talk to God. And I have to share all of this for you to know how to talk to God, because there's no right or wrong way to talk to God. You need to know this information, this true, this truth. You have to know the lies that you believed were truth or lies. You have to know how God really sees you. And now this opens the door for you to run to him as your best friend, as this most loving father in the whole world, and you're the child. Just run to him like that. Just run to him like that. Talk to him with your own language, the way you talk to your father, the way you talk to your best friends, the way you talk to the people you love the most. Talk to him with that language. God can hear your thoughts. God can hear your thoughts. Something that I had trouble with growing up with my relationship with God was, um, it's like, I didn't know how to have a relationship with God. And so like the spirit of religion would speak things to me. Like the spirit of religion would speak like this to me, for example, like, um, this is how you have to pray. Like you need to set aside, you need to go in your room, close your eyes, talk kind of like unnaturally (laughs) and, um, like tell talk in full sentences and tell God about everything that's going on in your life as if he's not there. As if you need to update him on what's going on in your life. As if he's like far away. And so like I would be hearing that and it would conflict with the, the truth that the Holy Spirit lives in me and is with me all the time. And so like this conflicting voice kind of just made me confused and just not even pursue the relationship at all. Cause it felt like unnatural and I, and I don't know. So as my eyes opened up to who Jesus really is, um, I, I started to really believe Holy Spirit lives in me and he's with me always, always. And he knows my thoughts. The Bible says he knows my thoughts. Even before I think them. him, he knows my every thought. And so I start, I started bringing, bringing God with me everywhere and, and addressing him as the truth that he really is with me all the time. He knows my thoughts. He's been with me all day. So when you talk with God, be real, be truthful. Like if you have a friend that, that is with you the entire day, you don't give the friend the lowdown of what happened the whole day now you you now i don't want to set rules of what you can or can't do like if you want to do that you can do that and sometimes it's nice to journal like to to record like everything that god has done and do that bring god in your life bring god did this and god did that and this happened today and yes that's amazing do that but don't feel bound to like make these full sentences uh recite things the the full day you know like how I like to have relationship with God a lot of the time is keep reminding myself that He's with me all day, and keep addressing Him, addressing Him in my mind, and also in words, just depending. Um, you know, I was at the dentist yesterday, and I'm there, and I'm I'm closing my eyes, and I'm just replaying this beautiful testimony video that I just posted of the the woman who who was healed after I in the park and I was just replaying it in my mind and I was just like talking to God in my mind like God that was amazing oh my goodness you're so incredible God like wow. Like, You can communicate with him in your mind all the time like he's in your thoughts and when you just have it doesn't have to be something formal when you just have you you turn on that like awareness you turn on that god knows like okay she's she's including me now or he's including me now she or he is is talking to me now you know you don't have to be like okay god let me talk out loud right now what i'm about to say in my head now is to you like he's god so Ah, just bring him in your thoughts. Sometimes when you're, you know, you can't speak out loud or even when you can speak out loud, sometimes you just are in your head, bring God in your thoughts, bring God there. Um, and also when I talk with him, like lots of times I'll be going throughout, I'll be walking through my apartment and I'll, um, I'll be thinking about things he's done, thinking about his faithfulness, thinking about his goodness, thinking about specific things that he's done, how he's come through, how I'm in awe and wonder of him, these miracles that he's doing. And um, I'll just say, God, you are good. God, you are faithful. Thank you. Thank you, God. Wow. And you can just say that. Like, you don't have to, you don't have to go, okay think you're not in my mind. So I have to say, thank you, God, for when you did this, 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 thank you, God. Like, yes, do that sometimes. But my point is, is he's with you all the time. So treat it like that to help it be more natural to you. So it doesn't seem like this scary, formal, hard thing. Amen. Or when your day's busy and you don't have time, maybe you don't have time someday to, to, to set the alone, quiet time, you spent your whole day with God. No worries. Like you didn't miss out that day. You've been with God the whole day, you know? So talk to Him natural and you don't have to talk in full sentences. Know He's in your thoughts talk to him how you want, talk to him how you talk to your friends. I love you, God. Um, another reason why I used to not talk to God, uh, like growing up, I had a hard time with it is because I didn't know what to say. And, um, like I didn't have tons of words and that's okay. That's okay. Uh, now, especially as my as my faith has grown, I trust him so much. Most of what I say to God is thank you, I love you, you're amazing, and singing to him. Like that's mostly what I'm saying and I I I I I de- I I pray, I, I declare as he's gives me authority, these things in life that, that we need to see his kingdom come in, in my personal life, in your lives in the kingdom of God. But when I, when, when we pray that it's done, it's done. I don't need to keep worrying. Oh, maybe God didn't hear me. Oh, I better say it again and again and again and again, but I'm natural. Like as a friend has heard you when you've spoken. Treat it naturally. Don't treat it unnaturally. God is not deaf. So, so, so see him really as you see your friend as a real person and be free, be free. So, so much, most of my communication with God is I love you is praise is worship. I love you, God. Thank you, Lord. You're amazing. And it's singing to him. I love to sing and I love worship. So when I sing, When I sing worship songs, I'm singing it right to him. I'm singing it to him. I engage with him. This is to you, God. In my mind, I'm like, this is to you, God. Like, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And um, this I need to share with you. This I need to share with you. So another thing that kept me from engaging in relationship with God for so long was I didn't know how to hear God. Um, I didn't know how to hear God. And then when I heard silence, I would feel insecure. Number one, God is a spirit, not a person. Don't project your, your friend or God is, he is a spirit. God is a spirit, not a human being. We can only hear human beings when they speak to us audibly. So I used to project my relationships with people onto God and I would be insecure because I hear, I would judge my relationships with people based on their audible voice to me back. So God, it seemed like he was silent to me cause I didn't hear audible voice. So you gotta renew your mind to not project your relationship with, to God, to not project your human relationships onto your relationship with God. And I shared a two part message on YouTube. I know I'm sharing a lot, but these are really important. These are, we've really been doing an, 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 a powerful series this past month or so, but it's all on YouTube. How to Hear the Voice of God, part one, part two, check it out. Um, but, so you can really learn how to hear the voice of God through those. But I want to share one quick thing about how, how, how to hear his voice. So much of what he's saying to you is, 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 is his word of, I love you, I'm proud of you, I'm cheering you on, you're beautiful, you're amazing. So much of what he's saying to you on a daily basis is that he'll speak direction sometimes and, and that can come through conviction of the Holy Spirit, it can come through um, a person like me sharing here. Um, for example, share about what God's doing, share testimonies, um, invite people that can be like a direction you hear, like through a person, like through me work. Like, okay. I know I need to work on and I know I need to do this now. Um, so you, God will speak a direction, but sometimes we think that God's speaking like, okay, what's my direction for, for the next five minutes and the next five minutes and the next five minutes and the next, minutes, and the next day. But God is much more simple. He'll speak like one thing of direction, one word of direction, and then he waits for us to do it. And sometimes it's like a while until he needs to give us the next direction. He wants to, he's simple. He's not complicated and confusing, speaking too many things. And many times we're expecting that. We're like, why does it seem so quiet or simple? But so much that God is speaking, especially because you need to hear it and get it down deep is I love you. I'm so proud of you. You are amazing and beautiful and perfectly made. And I'm cheering you on. And the plans I have for you are so good. And I can't wait for these dreams to come to pass in your life. So much of what God's saying to you always is that. And you have to open up your ears to hear that. And the action of doing that, honestly, is bringing this to remembrance. God loves me. He's proud of me. He's cheering me on. His promises are yes and amen. Um, bring that to remembrance. And I want to share something with you now. I want to share something with you now. And this has happened to me. So I. this is why I want to share this, this, this lie of the enemy. Sometimes I'll like say, I love you, God. I love you, God. I'll be saying that and I'll like be quiet and I'll kind of like bring to remembrance in my mind and like hear him say, I love you so much and I am just so proud of you. And in the past, it's felt like too good to be true or like prideful or something because you think it's your own thoughts. Like it feels like, was that just my imagination? I Like, no, that's a lie of the devil. God's voice Is really that good that God's love for you is really that good it's really that good and when you so so remind yourself of that hear his voice and allow yourself to hear this amazing amazing voice of love for you allow your choose to allow yourself to hear that don't let the enemy win yeah, oh, I know there's so much like there's been so much self-condemnation and insecurity and you don't feel good about yourself but I'm telling you you are good you are pure you're amazing you're perfectly made God loves you it's just lies the devil that has spoken all those things they're not true God wants you to hear his voice saying you are amazing I love you you are beautiful just as you are I'm proud of you he wants you to hear that so much. This is, this is the truth you need to build you up, to make you know his love more, to be able to be transformed more into his image and to fulfill the purposes in your life and to be free of depression and anxiety. Some of you are free already, but you need to choose now to only hear God's voice. To only hear God's voice as crazy as it sounds, you need to choose to hear God's amazing voice of love and say no to those wrong voices, lies of the enemy. I'm gonna leave you with one last thing as it's getting a little late. So one last thing I wanna share with you is another trick of the enemy that can hinder your relationship with God and hearing his voice and the ability to repent. And that is this, so I've shared before, I think I'm going to share it again, that I was in this like wilderness season in my calling in what God's calling me to a wilderness desert scene where I'm seeing like no fruit and it had been years and I I was working harder than ever in my life, more hours than ever in my life by God's grace, by his love motivating me, empowering me. And giving me the desire to to touch his heart to please him and but then because i was in this desert place of like really seeing no fruit and it was a wilderness season where there was other things happening to me in my life not quite as bad as job but it was like my version of job experience where man this happens and now this and now this it was a dry season um and that led me to get a little tired simply because I I needed to renew my mind a little more. Remember the story of Job and remember, Hey, the promises are yes and amen. This is just the wilderness. God is proud of you. You're doing amazing keep going, you're you're, you're amazing, be encouraged by this. God only will give you what you can handle. I needed to renew my my mind more. So I wasn't renewing it quite enough, so it led to me being a little tired and sluggish and feeling a little more defeated because not seeing the fruit. And, and, And with that, it led me to not work as much. I was still working a lot, but it just wasn't as much because I wasn't seen rightly to be empowered by supernatural energy of the Holy Spirit. So then came voice of shame from the devil. You're not working enough. You're not working enough. You're not working enough. You're wasting too much time. You're on your phone too much. You're checking social media too much. You're going to bed too late. You're not getting up early enough. Like hearing that voice so much and thinking it's conviction of the Holy Spirit. Maybe. It is not because God's voice never comes out of condemnation and guilt, but seeing his love accurately motivates you to want to change, turn direction, follow him, hallelujah. But I hadn't learned quite yet. The devil was trying to trick and he tricked me for a bit in this moment because I was believing those lies. And you know what happened? You know what happened when I was believing those lies of, um, you're not working enough, you're not working enough, is now, my whole day, I'm focused on that. You're not working enough, you're not working enough, my whole day. And I had been serving God for years at this point, I had been working so hard, I, you know, I had been living pure and holy for him and saying no to the things of the world, you know, like. I was a champion of God, but all I could all I was paying attention to was this nasty voice of the devil. You're not working enough. You're not working enough. You're not work. You're not doing enough. All I was focused on was that. And so because my focus was there, it kept me from hearing all the truths that God was speaking. My daughter, you're such a powerful vessel of me. My daughter, thank you so much for allowing me to use you. My daughter, I love you so much. My daughter, the promises are coming and I can't wait for you to reap the harvest. You've sown so hard, you've sown so many seeds. My daughter, I'm so proud of you. You, I love you, you're, you're, you're perfect how you are. Like all these truths that God is saying continually to me, continually to you. I wasn't seeing any of them. I wasn't hearing any of them because I was focused on the abrasive voice of condemnation that was just a lie from the devil, focusing on the one bad part of me, which wasn't even bad because I was still working hard. It was a lie of the devil. But even if it was a huge mistake, even if I focus on the one huge mistake, but there's so many amazing things about about me that God sees and that he's speaking over me. God sees the best in you. He sees the best in you. He chooses to see the best in you. And he wants you to see that. He wants you to hear his constant voice saying, I love you. I'm proud of you. I'm cheering you on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So start training your mind to hear God's voice like that. Renew your mind. This is what God's speaking. This is what God's speaking over me. This is what God's speaking over me. This is what he's speaking over me. And you're hearing God's voice, and now you'll be able to hear him more and more and more, and the devil loses his power, and he's no longer able to speak to you because you don't even listen anymore. You've resisted the enemy, and he flees from you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I know God has shown me that so many of you need this, and please this word I know will change your life. I, I know the biggest scheme of the devil is to blind you of God's love. Oh, that's the biggest scheme. And who you are in Christ. And, 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 and the devil's time is up now in your life. And, and you are free today. And, and take this word to heart. Take it seriously. Take it that God Take it as God has truly spoken to you today. Take it as you have really heard God speak to you today. Replay this message, replay this message. If ever you're feeling like you can't hear God, if ever you're feeling distant or far or you're feeling shame or anything, replay this message, replay this message. Protect this truth that you've received today. Protect God's voice upon your life. It's the most precious thing in the entire world. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your precious voice. I thank you for opening up our eyes to see your love. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We love you so much. Just worship him and praise him. I'm going to pray for you all now. And I want to remind you and and share with all of you who are joining in. This isn't just a regular live, but this is an encounter with God. The Holy Spirit is here with you. So treat him as he is here and give him the praise he deserves. Give him the thanksgiving he deserves. Thank him, praise him. Thank him for what he's done today. Thank him for what he's about to do. Thank him for what he's done in your lives. Thank him, praise him. We praise you, God. Just tell him in your own words I love you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you for freeing me today. Thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for freeing all of your people today. Thank you for opening up eyes. Thank you for revealing your love. Thank you, Jesus, for your precious Power. We thank you, Jesus, for releasing your power to us, God. We thank you for demonstrating your love to us in power, God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Keep thanking Him. Keep praising Him. This is how we invite Him to move, is when we can set our eyes upon Him. You see him in the spiritual realm when you choose to focus on him, when you choose to believe he is here right now and he wants to touch me. He wants to do a miracle in my life. I will receive it. You will, you will see him as you engage your mind to this truth. You are seeing him and he will touch you. He will move upon you. No one can, can live. And see God, the Bible says, meaning when you open up your eyes in the spiritual realm by, by thinking this way, by engaging your mind in this truth, you will allow him to kill your flesh and move upon you in the spiritual realm. Hallelujah. When you're sitting here just like, whatever, (laughs) like not engaging your mind in this way. You're not able to see him and you're not inviting him to take over, to come and move. But when you engage your mind like this, when you see him, now you're inviting him. You're surrendering, you're surrendering yourself to him so he can come and move in the spiritual realm upon your life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father.